Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. So today I wanted to talk about something I've been asked about many times, which is, do you still wish you lived on a farm? I get asked that on a daily basis and every time I get interviewed. And the answer to that is no. So I started this whole gardening journey and was pretty public about it on Instagram and sharing about how I live now in Orange County in Southern California, in the suburbs. And while I grew up on a hobby farm, that did not catch for me. It wasn't until I was really in my 30s I started appreciating deeply that lifestyle. But I've talked a lot about how I thought I needed acreage, a farm, a creek in the back. Like I thought I needed this pastoral, bucolic, raise your kids running through the meadows lifestyle to be happy, to feel content, to raise good kids, to build character. I thought I needed that. And I begged my husband to move, to look outside the state. And it just hasn't made sense for us. Now we have looked, we've looked at real estate. We've even traveled to a few different states to check out the market and the environment and really the vibe. I fully believe when you go to a place, like there are soul places where we belong. And a driving force for this was to have land and have acreage where I could garden and raise the kids outside and do the hobby farm thing, like the chickens, the goats, the mini donkey. Like that's not a joke. I really deeply still want that in some alternate version of my life, but do not feel like I need that at all. And it's been such a beautiful journey to realize even in a townhouse, I'm talking a stone's throw. You could probably, I think my husband could throw probably a tennis ball from our old house to a freeway. We shared a fence with an inpatient rehab center. And that's where I built my first two garden beds. And that's where I learned what real contentment was, what it really felt like to root yourself in something you love and believe in and allow that to be enough. Now we live in a bigger home. I have much more space. I have 10 raised beds. And to be totally honest with you, it's a lot. It's a lot of work in this season of life. It's a lot of responsibility that really is driven by my passion and my desires. Now, if we had more space, this would need to be a family operation. And I love the idea of my kids being homeschooled, staying home, working the family farm with me, but it's really, honestly, I don't think it's a reality that I would be happy in right now. It's not my husband's dream. I don't fault him for that. I actually love 
he is so who he is and and he's been so supportive of my gardening and he's totally been supportive of the search for land and totally open to like, you know, maybe the way we live isn't the best way or maybe there are other places that we could be. Certainly, um, you know, when you have a personal conversation with us, we talk a lot about um, taxes and finances and living in California. Um, that's a challenge. We both own our own businesses. So certainly it would benefit us to be in a different state from that perspective. But it's been really cool to get asked that question and to be honestly able to be like, I don't, I know that I don't need that. And I would say there are a couple things that have contributed to it. First of all is really finding and leaning into my passion and my love, obviously for gardening, but I think this is a transcendent situation where you find something that you love and you start to attract that into your life. You find other people who love it too, because you're talking about it, you're living it, you're doing it. Obviously social media can help. Um, It can hinder too, but I found myself seeking out other places in Orange County that gave me the feelings that I wanted. And it was really identifying those feelings. I even sat down before we found our home And because people were challenging us, they're like, why do you guys want to leave? Like, what do you really think you're going to go find somewhere else? And what I really wanted was a sense of community. I, I wanted some more sort of freedom from the hustle. These are all things within my control right now. And that's what I realized when I made the list, you know, and there were other things too. I was like, oh, you know, I want to live somewhere where we're really close to nature. We can be immersed in nature. We found all of those things. And honestly, the the magic of making a list to backtrack even more is so powerful beyond belief. I have this wild story of Joe and I falling in love. And I'll tell you guys, <laughs> I actually, I mean, oh my goodness, this is a much longer story than this. But one component of it is I was in this store in Laguna Beach called the Chakra Shack. Yes, chakras. It's like very woo-woo. It's like where I go to buy my dried sage bundles and you can get crystals and palm readings. And one of the psychics that was there physically bumped into me. And she said, you are giving off these crazy like soulmate vibes. Are you married? I said, no. She's like, if you want to do a 15 minute reading, that's it. I really feel like I have a message to tell you. And I'm like, okay. Like thinking I'm probably getting worked. Like I'm getting hustled, but like, why would you not? You know? So I sit down with her and she says, your soulmate's been waiting for you. You've not been ready for him. All true. She identified a couple other like really crazy random telling things. And she said, go home, make a list of the 10 things you want in your perfect mate. And she said, don't forget to put in um, financial abundance because that's something I just don't think about. And just be, be brutally honest with what you really think you need. Write it down on a piece of paper, fold it up, put it under your pillow for seven days and see what happens. I'm like, obviously I'm doing this, but you know, what is going on? So I go home that very day, tell all my friends about it. And they're like, only Bailey, of course. And I make the list. I kind of look it over. I cross out, (laughs) I cross out creative, which is funny. I still have the list and I look at it. And before I put it under my pillow, I think, that's Joe Van Tassel, who's my husband now. And I just had this crushing feeling. He was a friend at the time. We had 
gone on a couple dates. I just wanted to be friends. I had recently been through a bad breakup, which sounds so cliche. And even to him, he's like, oh, a bad breakup. Okay. Anyways, long story short, I'm like, he's the one that got away. Well, within six months, him and I were dating, knew we wanted to get married. It was wild. The story's a little more complicated than that, like all good things are. So similar when we moved to this house we're in now, which again is in a county I didn't want to live in, in a state I didn't want to live in, we made our list and we're putting everything on this list. We're like mature trees as you drive up. We're like space to have, you know, workout facility in the garage, room for me to have a big garden. You know, the list, oh God, what was it? Joe's always wanted um, a California room, like an indoor outdoor living space with a bifold door. Like one of those big walls, that's kind of a door that opens all the way up. We look at this crazy list, which we know in Orange County is just astronomical. The prices are nuts. And we find a house after the fact that meets all of the criteria, like mind blowing within our budget, totally works. And so I look back on these experiences. And again, this is totally a digression from gardening, but the point being, I feel like the garden is such a reflection of life. And when I go in the garden, the peace that it gives me completely permeates throughout my life and trickles into the way I see the world. And I am not perfect and the way I see the world may not be the way you see the world, but I believe everyone can be their best self and better understand all those things with time in nature, with gardening, getting your hands in the dirt, the science behind actual dirt and the microorganisms and bacteria that actually trigger serotonin production in your brain. I mean, this is science, but these are the things that actually helped me live the life I believe I was meant to live and really love and embrace a situation that I wasn't on board with. And so I just want to encourage anyone that's gardening in a small space or on a patio or in pots, but that has, you know, these grand dreams, obviously don't give up on your dreams, work towards your dreams. That's another episode, but maybe you need less. Maybe you need to tap into who you are and and find some other outlets for cultivating what you actually are lacking, what you're actually feeling and needing. Because when I found, you know, a local farm where we now get our CSA box and they have classes for kids, I found you know, small shops that we've loved. I found other moms. I mean, I found a mom at school totally out of the blue, never would have known who has her little garden and she's a chef. And she's like, let's do sourdough starter together. Like you find these people who are so your people when you dig into, you know, what is, what is it I'm really looking for? I'm looking for community. I'm looking for, you know, this groundedness and you lean into that in whatever way it is. Maybe for you, it's knitting or drawing or writing or horseback riding. I meant writing like with a pen, but whatever it is, I believe we can each find this total peace wherever we are and make it work. All that being said, I think that was a really long answer to the short question of what are the things I did to cultivate the contentment and sort of be okay with abandoning sort of the live on a farm dream. The second thing is I began to think of other ways that I could expose my family to that experience and make it memorable and worthwhile. 
So I'm very lucky. I have family still that lives, you know, out in the wilderness, but I'm talking about lots of hiking around us, making trips out into nature, camping, um, and even taking them to a lot of small farms and really letting my passion for it lead the way, fully knowing like this may not be their thing. This may not catch for them, but maybe it does. Um, And finding ways to now, it doesn't have to be your way of life. Maybe it's meant to be something special. Maybe they're the generation that will get to live on acreage and have a totally sustainable biodynamic regenerative farm. Like maybe that's just not meant for me because what I am doing, I have found the thing that's meant for me. And it's, it's really totally enough. I'm telling you 10 raised beds and I'm in over my head slightly to be totally honest. Um, and then the third thing is I've started allowing myself to think about other ways that I could create again, sort of that environment and that feeling and take the values of that sort of farm raised life values and turn it into a, um, a side hustle, a business, a passion project. I believe that, well, I guess the way my personal mind works is like, if we really want to call something into our lives, we really want to make something happen. Oftentimes we have to find a way to afford to make it happen, right? You need to afford yourself the time to pursue it or afford yourself the ability to do what you want to do. So um, for me, that's looked at, you know, would it be possible to do even like an Airbnb, like find property with a smaller home that we could rent out, but we could still do the gardens and the mini farm thing. Or maybe if what I'm really looking for is community, maybe I need to be doing gardening classes in person, which I have done and totally loved and totally fulfilled a bucket that, you know, I thought I needed this like small town feeling. We have that. We found the perfect town for us in Orange County. We have that here, which is the greatest blessing. We're just totally for lack of a better term, but honestly obsessed with this town we live in, which I never thought I would end up at this place. But, you know, cultivating that small town feeling, you just need to be the person to spearhead it. You need to be the person to set the example. And maybe it's a business, but maybe it's a volunteer thing. But that's kind of been the third way I've been able to really, you really, the rubber meets the road when you start talking about money. And would I invest in this idea? You know, it's one thing to like totally dream and think you want to go live on this little farm and like, you know, fully grow all of your own food. It's another thing to like put your money where your mouth is and go out and, you know, pay to have three acres farmed, you know, or like invest in all the lumber for raised beds or buy all the seeds, sow them and they fail. And then you have to go buy starts. Um, You know, there's so many cost analysis analyses, analysis um, to think about that go into a lifestyle like this. So I really do just want to add comfort and send love to anyone feeling like stuck in the city or suburbia or like my story. You know, I left the farm never wanting to go back only to wake up, you know, (laughs) 15 years later and desperately wishing I could go back. And then realizing that's just not, maybe it's just not what I actually needed. And the beauty of the garden is that it produces so much more than you could ever imagine. I mean, I remember realizing one indeterminate cherry tomato plant was enough for me to have tomatoes once a day. 
And that's so beautiful and incredible to think about how you only need, you know, like five little cherry tomatoes to throw into an omelet to be like, I'm eating the food I grew. You only need one thyme plant, one oregano plant, one sage plant to stock like the herb garden, which you can totally grow in a small pot that you upcycle, repurpose, snag at Walmart for $5. I mean, it's really been so beautiful to see how how enough much less actually is. So I hope this encourages you. I want to send so much love. I feel mega super duper blessed. Someday I'll talk more about the process of getting getting to the place where we are with these 10 raised beds, which has been so nuts. And I realize now it may seem unrelatable, like, oh my gosh, I have this giant garden, but it was not always that way. Started with one single pot, grew that into two beds. Then I was in one, one U-shaped raised ground bed. Then I went in ground, you know, so I kind of had maybe like eight beds, but you know, in ground and which was its own challenge. So it's all a process, trust it. And I hope this is helpful. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.